Little known fact, Recycled Minds Comedy was established in 2002 and it's evolved from a local improv comedy troupe into an internationally in-demand team. They've left audiences and stitches around the world performing at prestigious events like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the world's largest performance arts festival, on cruise ships and at top-notch universities and even for Fortune 500 companies. Recycled Minds guarantees side-splitting interactive performances suitable for all ages. But here's the twist. Recycled Minds isn't just about making you laugh. They're here to help you build self-confidence, enhance communication, and boost teamwork through their top-notch improv classes and corporate training programs. So whether you're a corporate team seeking to level up or just searching for a night of uncontrollable laughter, because we need that, head over to RecycledMindsComedy.com because the world is in need of more humor and humanity. RecycledMindsComedy.com Welcome to Off the Cuff. In this episode, we talk about something we have not yet covered here. What you're about to hear is an authentic and impactful conversation with Ashley Sears, a dynamic speaker, podcaster, and founder of Stories Unveiled. Ashley's innate ability to cut through the small talk and, and talk, take us on a journey to explore the stories that shape us and reveal the spaces where we need healing. In the midst of a challenging season in her marriage, Ashley and her husband are confronted with vulnerability head-on, shattering the Christian mask that had been worn for years. This episode is a roller coaster of emotions from laughter to tears. Spoiler alert, someone might just shed a tear, and that may or may not be me. So get ready for a raw and real conversation as Ashley unveils the power of freedom that comes with embracing our imperfections. Sensitive ears may be required as we go off the cuff. Thank you for being on the on the the podcast, the show with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to dive into it. One, your your podcast is very powerful, and I feel like the things that you cover and talk about are pertinent for 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 couples. They're pertinent for individuals who are um, going through life stuff mm-hmm. and how the world just kind of. Um, uh, reveals things to us. So in your your podcast um, and your organization that you run is Stories Unveiled. Right. And um, the power of story, I think, is something that all of us can resonate with. Mm-hmm. So uh, so thanks for doing the, the work that you've done and the hard work that you've done and uh, and where it's brought you and the, and the person that you are because of the journey. Yeah. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's my honor. I love it. Cool. Would you mind um, sharing a little bit of like where you started in, in this process, where this all kind of began for you? Yeah. So it started about seven years ago. We'll say in 2018. <laughs> in 2018 okay. is when this started. Um, my husband and I had just come out of a pretty rough season. Uh, we just celebrated 18 years of marriage. Um, but about a year and a half into our marriage, I found out that my husband had a pornography and sex addiction. So that was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, party, party, I'm sure. <laughs> our daughter, yeah, our daughter was like 18 months. Okay. And, um, 
I really was super naive in thinking that like if he just figured out his junk, mm-hmm. we'd be good, we'd be fine. So that's what I told him, figure it out. And right. he said he would. Well, 10 to 12 years of like an addiction roller coaster is really right. what that was. Um, and in 2017, we found uh, a group called Pure Desire Ministries. And my husband started going to groups. We started kind of getting connected. And that was the first time, and I'm like doing a big leap here because we we did counseling and we, there were so many things. A lot of in-between. Oh, yeah. so many things in the 10 to 12 years. Um, but Pure Desire is what really started to change things. He started seeking healing and recovery mm-hmm. and sobriety, what we call it, sobriety mm-hmm. from you know, looking at all the things, acting out, doing all of those things. And um, we kind of started to rebuild our marriage in that. I started finding healing for myself as far as the betrayed spouse and some of the trauma that I had gone through, not just married to him, but even as a child. And um, we realized that when we decided to start being open and honest with people and sharing our story, Every single person that we shared with, whether it was in a couple situation or just individually on our own, they all had something too. Some of it was pornography. Some of it was infidelity. Some of it was kind of in that realm, Mm -hmm. but not all of it. Right. I mean, people had things that they had never told a soul some of them had things that they were just carrying that they just couldn't work through. I mean, mm. the the phrase "everyone's got a story" or right. "everyone's got you know junk" right. was never more real. And I was really, um, I was really bothered by it. So I prayed. Mm. I was like, Lord, what do I do with this? I know I can't. I know I can't do. You know, can't help people. Right. But right. I was just really. I had this like holy discontent for. The fact that we show up to church. I was leading full-time ministry at the time. We show up to church. We put on our Sunday best, whether it's our clothes or our mm-hmm. facade. Right. And we pretend like everything's fine, even though I was literally just chewing my kids out on the way to church, you know, or I'm yelling at my <laughs> husband. <laughs> yeah, or mad at my husband or right. whatever. Right. And I, I hated that. I've always had this passion to just be real and to draw real out in people. Mm. And so I asked the Lord what to do, and he said, give women a platform. And so I approached six of my closest friends at the time, whose stories I knew for the most part, Mm -hmm. and asked if they would be willing to share in front of hundreds of women. (laughs) 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 If they'd be willing to share their story. Wow. And some of them said no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. Um, But most of them said yes. And... um, I just, the church that I was working at at the time, um, they just opened up their auditorium and said, you can do this. And so wow. 200 women packed the auditorium and uh, we didn't have any extra seats. And we just had a day full of worship music and um, testimonies really, but it was mm. there was a point to it. It wasn't just, I'm going to share my story or just how they found Jesus. It mm. was share a time in your life or share a journey in your life where you have watched God show up. Mm. And even if you're in the midst of it still, Mm. um, that he's still working and where you can see it to offer hope at the end of every story. Even, I mean, not the end. We're not at the end. Right, right. (laughs) But through it. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I've been doing those events every year now since Mm. 2018. Yeah. And now I have a podcast. Wild. So you went from sharing the story and then as you share you're realizing people are coming to you and sharing and opening up to you totally where they're like i get it same here kind of a thing and then you're 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 frustrated with that Mm -hmm. and 
you're like, okay, I want to, I want to be real. Mm-hmm. I want to be authentic, and I want to share stories. And so God tells you, give women a platform yeah. to share their stories. Is would you say what I'm what I'm feeling like I'm hearing is that by sharing these stories, it's bringing healing yeah. to other people, and they're they're realizing they're not alone. Yeah, that there's actually other people just like them who have a very similar story, who've had similar hurt, similar heartbreak, and there's a way through. Yeah. There's a there's a good healthy way to get through the other side. Versus, like, dude, sucks for you. Totally. <laughs> right? Well, something, so I heard it actually before I started Stories Unveiled. I was leading a Bible study in mm-hmm. my home, and I had, there was probably eight women, and um, everybody left. It was over. And the last woman that was there, she was putting her, on her shoes on my stairs. And mm-hmm. she was kind of an older lady, and she was sitting there, and I had just shared, you know, I, because I am just kind of wired to just be real. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm too much, but mm-hmm. like I'm just, I don't like to candy coat things and small talk. I'm just not good at small talk. And so I had just shared um, introducing myself because some of the ladies didn't know me, who I was, what I was about, mm-hmm. why I was passionate about leading the type of Bible study I was leading, which was really about just getting vulnerable and like being real, like in light of the gospel. And so, um, after it was all over, she was putting her shoes on my stairs and uh, she kind of stops and she looks at me and she says, you know, I would have had no clue had you not shared that. She said, because I got to be really honest with you. She said, I see you every Sunday and you're standing in the lobby of the church and you're always so put together and your husband's really handsome and your children are just beautiful. And, you know, she said all these things, not me. <laughs> um, and she, but she's saying all these very kind things right. about what she thinks my life looks like. She yeah. said, I pulled up to your house and you have a cute little suburban house just short of the picket fence, right? Mm. And she said, and I was a little, I had an opinion about you, Mm. about who you were and what you represented. And I came because this is the only day that the Bible study worked for me. Wow. And she was being really real and being really honest. And Mm -hmm. she said, but then you shared your heart and you shared really struggles and you shared like who you were. Mm. She said, and I immediately felt terrible and it softened me. And like, Mm. like you're human, like me, like you don't have it all together. (laughs) Like I a hundred percent don't have it all together. (laughs) I've got junk. And so it was one of those things where it was like, man, if we could just create a culture definitely inside the church, I think that outside the church, people can actually do this very well. I feel Mm. like I have ran into the most resistance in the church. Hmm. It's my experience. Yeah. But if the church definitely could create this culture of it's okay to not be okay hmm. because we have God. Like we don't have to have it all together right. because we know somebody who does. Right. Right. <laughs> Would you say that that is because there's this this pressure especially maybe from people on staff mm-hmm. where if you're leading or serving people that you should ha- like have it all together or does that make sense like there's at least it seems like that connotation right yeah so leading in women's ministry as the women's director um on full-time staff for seven years um Yes. And, and I also can understand there is a level of professionalism sure. that you need to have, sure. you know, yeah. um, when I'm greeting in the lobby or when I'm, when I'm counseling women or when I'm, you know, whatever, mm. working, d- right. doing ministry like that, yeah. I have to be stable. I have mm-hmm. to, you know, there's a level of professionalism, right. but I also need to be human. Right. 
And I feel like we all need to be human. And if we meet people with a persona, if we have it all together because God, Mm -hmm. then the people that are like, man, why does my life feel so broken? Why am I struggling? Why can't I do these things? Because I believe... I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. too, but yet I can't seem to figure it out. I want people to to know and have an environment and a place that they feel safe and yeah. know that even the people who seem to have it the most together, they just maybe hide it the best. Right. Because we've all got stuff. It's totally, 100%. I recently uh, been running a, a, a co- co-leading a men's group that's mm-hmm. going through the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And we're currently, and we're, we're following uh, a book, mm-hmm. right? And the section that we're currently going over is confession. <laughs> which, it's great. Yeah, it's a really fun <laughs> one, especially when it's your turn to lead. Yeah, you of know, course. Like, you're like, oh, so well. I'm going to be gone that week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There was there seemed to be a couple of people that were, you know. But yeah, there was. Um, but when it comes to being real yeah. and being honest, mm-hmm. and because you want to set that opportunity f- for other people, and to be able to share from from your your heart, and to do it in a way where you're you're speaking from um, maybe your scars instead of your wounds. One hundred percent. As I was sharing a story to these guys of like a conf- the moment of confession mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, as I'm sharing the story of when I when I lived in Los Angeles before I met my wife and was uh, dating this girl and. We weren't married, but we were doing things that married people do, kind of a thing. Yeah, playing and house. Playing, playing house, really, really neat. <laughs> really neat. Fun game. <laughs> fun game, fun game. Um, I had three friends who came up to me, and I was, I was teaching improv at the time. And the improv that I was teaching for was in part like a ministry. Yeah. And so some people were seeing me essentially as like, um, a person in ministry mm-hmm. who was essentially like sleeping with his girlfriend. You're, so you're supposed to be leading people to Jesus right. and also <laughs> right. not. You're not. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, is like, I didn't want responsibility. Mm. Like, I didn't want to be held to that standard of accountability that they were wanting to hold me to. Yeah. Because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Totally. And um, I didn't even want to teach. You know, and they're like, yeah, teach, teach a class. And at the end, you, you know, say a prayer for people. I was like, really? I have to do that kind of a thing. <laughs> do I have to? Right. And I used to, I used to say I'm not much of a worship guy. Like, even for me at the time, going to church and, like, the whole worship thing wasn't a, like, I didn't, it didn't, like, I, I would literally say, like, I'm not much of a worship guy. Like the music? The music. Okay. What I was realizing, I wasn't much of a Christian. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Stop. yeah, it <laughs> So these guys who were, who I was outside of this this improv theater, mm-hmm. like on Hollywood Boulevard, and um, they're like, "Hey, Sean, can we talk to you?" And for some reason, after a show, I guess that that's where y'all could meet. They end up saying, "Like, hey, we want to talk to you about your your relationship mm-hmm. and um, how unhealthy it is, especially f- for you. Some people look up to you. You're a leader, mm-hmm. and you're not doing. We don't feel like you're you're doing it right." And so we know you're better than that. That's kind of essentially. Mm. And so I, this was the moment. That's good. Yeah. And, and this was a moment where I had, I instantly had the mirror held up to me. Totally. And I had two different feelings going on in my mind. One was um, defensive. Mm-hmm. One was, how dare you? Yeah. I'm my own man. I can make my own choices, right? I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. And then the other was 
the total opposite. Yeah. The other was, um, wow, how great of friends do you have that would reveal to you how much better of a person you actually are. Mm -hmm. Because if you really believe some of these things that you say you believe, your life would look differently. Yeah. And so it was a tough pill to swallow at the time, but what it ended up producing in my life was health Mm -hmm. and healing and freedom and restoration. And it ended up setting my life on a trajectory that changed it forever. Because of these friends mm-hmm. who confronted me about a sin and I wouldn't recommend you just like <laughs> going up to people and be like hey dude you're in this sin I want to want to call it out yeah, obviously you have to have, you have, relationship. To have a relationship and mm-hmm. you have to have that permission with them where they're even they're even like hey can we talk to you about something yeah this is this isn't this is going to be difficult mm-hmm. and it's about that 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 and yeah. just like let that land and seeing how that's going um because it's it's tough. So my I don't mean to go on and off about this, but I guess the point that I'm trying to say is the power of of revealing yeah. difficult things open you up for a world of of healing and yeah. honesty and and giving you that chance to be this guy or this mm-hmm. gal or this you know what I mean to be this yeah. person or the person that you're your purpose to be the person that someone would die for you to be yeah so um yeah and just to just to add to that i've been a part of a lot of recovery groups i've been in a lot of bible studies i've been in a lot like i've been in a lot of situations uh, you know where there's small groups right in the church and in the church out of the church it doesn't matter i think that there is a tendency to focus on the train wreck right mm-hmm. like it's the it's like the train wreck mentality right or a car accident you drive by real yeah, slow to like yeah, yeah to see like all the you know all mm-hmm. the stuff it's like there's this i think there's in most people there's like this innate desire for somebody to spill the tea right to like mm-hmm. know all the juicy gossip <laughs> even if it's yeah, totally <laughs> yeah. but, even if it's, first. <laughs> but even if it's your own life yeah, like yeah. you know and you want to share it like yeah. I believe not everybody deserves, you know, full transparency for every little thing in your life. Like that's reserved for people that you have relationship right. with. Yeah. Um, the details, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's okay to be honest, but you can be honest without details. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I believe that's why for Stories Unveiled, it's so important that women do share their stories and they do have to kind of share the ugly. Yeah. But that's not what we focus on. We don't mm-hmm. focus on the, you know, we don't go on and on about the pornography. Mm-hmm. We don't go on and on about the drug addiction or the mm-hmm. suicide attempt or well, whatever yeah. it is because we've had all of those things on yeah. the stage. Um, we talk about it because it needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed in a very clear manner. Yeah. But we move on from there because God pulls us out of that. Yeah. Like that's, that we're not, we're not camping there. That's so good. And in part because, especially with spouses, Mm -hmm. that spouse, like depending on how you tell a story or how you highlight the story, Mm -hmm. that person is either the villain Mm -hmm. or they're the victim or they're the victor. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a healthy relationship can reveal like, uh, and, and and I think throughout our our lives, we we appear in our story as like, dude, that's where I was the villain, or you yeah. know that this is where um, this is where my wife came alongside me, and this is where I became the uh, or I revealed like I I had a bad history yeah. where I didn't know I was you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then 
and then now you get to walk as the the victor. And yeah. I think that's that's I think to your point, right? Where you don't get hung up on the train wreck, yeah. but you reveal like these are the bumps and bruises that we went through. So mm-hmm. now your audience is like, oh, I get that. I'm that's I, yeah. I feel for them. Totally. I relate with them, and they've teleported me into their story. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. And then now here's the hope. Yeah. Right. And I think that's that's the point of yeah. these stories, right? Is to lead people into hope and wholeness, right? Mm-hmm. Into healing. Yeah. Yeah. For that's sure. So powerful. Can you share a moment where you feel like you had everything figured out, and then Something popped up, and you're like, oh, this this changes things. Yeah. So kind of going back to when I found out about my husband's pornography addiction, um, and I had mentioned that I really thought that he just needed to be done, and then we would be good. We would mm-hmm. be done. And I, you know, we went through this really long journey. Well, when we finally got to the point of my husband is in a support group, counseling, he has accountability. He's, and not just me nagging him, he has his own men accountability. Mm. He's, you know, asked me to put on all the accountability software. He's removed all the social media and he's done all of this on his own. And he, I can see actual behavior change that he's starting to actually get the healing that I said he needed, you know, years and years ago, um, I, I legitimately thought that we were going to be okay. Great. He's fixing the problem. So we are going to be fine. Our marriage can be whole again, all of the things. Much to my surprise, about six months into his healing journey, doing amazing. Like I really, I mean, there's so many ways I knew that he was doing well. Um, I was still real mad. Mm. (laughs) I was still really angry and bitter and did not trust him, and Mm. rightfully so. But I I really was so blindsided by the fact that I needed counseling. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And now I needed to deal with my stuff. Mm. And I was not ready for the level of commitment because this whole time it was like, this is your problem. This is not my problem. Mm. But it became my problem because I stayed because I decided I wanted to be with my husband and my husband decided to put in the work to save our marriage. Mm -hmm. And once we did that and we committed to each other, I was not prepared for the healing that I needed to go through separate from him on my own Mm -hmm. to really make our marriage okay and to work on our marriage because, um, yeah, I was was convinced like once he gets this, we'll be fine. And he did and we were not fine. Mm. But it was because of me now, right? So now, so now you ha- you realize like, oh, I've got to, I've got some things I got to deal mm-hmm. with from bitterness to hurt, uh, almost. Maybe this is like almost like a, a, a form of grieving where there's the steps you have to g- yeah. go through it in order to get on the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because when you're married, you're you're the two become one, right? Yeah. So so it's it's like having a part of you mm-hmm. that you're you are healing. Yeah. So. So you, so, so what, what happened? Like, is, so this is something you were like, um, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I started a group and I got support and I worked through a book that's specific for spouses. Okay, cool. um, And kind of went on this healing journey too. Mm. Um, For me, it was also more than just my husband's addiction and me working through, I mean, there is betrayal 
that comes from that. There's mm-hmm. a trauma that comes from all of the disclosures and all of the times you're mm-hmm. lied to and all the times you find out. And there's there's this yeah. emotional kind of trauma that happens in yeah. that. Um, but also, I brought a lot of baggage to my marriage. My husband did too. He's divorced and had a child and all of those things. But um, I had been assaulted. I had testified and sent somebody to prison like in the months that I met my husband that was stalking me yeah um so and I have childhood like stuff and Mm -hmm. so um you know you think you kind of deal with it Mm -hmm. but really my (laughs) what I've always done my whole life I've I've refused to be a victim my whole life so because of that I think I completely do like you know a 180 in the respect of I'm not going to let it define me I'm not going to be a victim and so I push it Mm -hmm. so I just push it away Mm -hmm. and so I I know that that's kind of what I've done with a lot of things so it it all kind of hit um a point when my when my marriage you know got to the point where I could blame my husband for our marriage falling apart but when my husband started to get healing and started to be healthy, mm-hmm. I couldn't blame him anymore <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> for our yeah. marriage falling yeah. apart. I had to look in the mirror. You mm-hughm. talked about looking in the mirror. Sure. I had, and nobody called me out on it. Um, mm. As a matter of fact, my husband didn't either because it was. Mm. It seemed really understandable why I still felt the way that I did. Yeah. But for me, I knew, like, man, I'm just going to keep going down this road. And you know, in in healing, you know. He's doing this, if this is God, right? And right. We're, we're working toward that in marriage. He's doing this in his journey of healing and recovery, but I'm still going, I'm mm-hmm. still doing this and I'm not drawing any closer to God. I'm not drawing any closer to my husband because I'm still mad and I have righteous mm-hmm. anger, right? But right. it wasn't. And so um, I couldn't blame anybody anymore for the marriage problem. So I had wow. to start doing my own work. Awareness is huge. Like the yeah. fact that you were able to identify, oh, wow, this is this is a problem like a problem that I have mm-hmm. or that I'm I can now do something about it. if you yeah. if you're not aware you can't do anything about it right. and I've seen relationships where um the, the wife has forgiven the husband but when something else pops up she'll bring that back up yeah and so it'll bring him in back into that uh that, shame cycle the shame cycle thank yeah. you and um it's almost like she always has this thing over him mm-hmm. and so he can't ever grow past that. No. Versus the idea of like forgiving, forgetting, moving on. Of, of course, like it's it's one thing to forgive, forget, and move on. It's another thing to get t- continue to get walked on. That's not, that's not what I'm right. talking about here. Right, and like for me, um, and even my husband, like I don't forget, and, but, but we've talked about it. So it's instead of you know, when you have maybe some mistrust or you're struggling as the spouse and you hang it over their head, there is no freedom in that. He can never get free of that. He'll constantly live in the shame as long as we consistently put him there. But it is okay, in my opinion, and what my husband and I have done, when I have moments of, I don't know if I trust him, or I'm really struggling with this, or I, I, I think maybe he's doing X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. for me to ask him, and if, you know, trust that his no means no, and his yes means yes, mm-hmm. and trust what he's telling me. Obviously, there has to be some history there right. um, of trust built. Right. And, and then have open conversations mm-hmm. about it. And I feel this way because of your behavior because mm-hmm. of the things that you're doing or saying or whatever and having open communication that way and that's something that my husband has given me permission to do um, because of his health and because yeah. he's gotten to a place of being able to hear it and receive it but I don't ever hang it over his head or when we're in a fight say oh yeah well 
whatever, fill in the blank, you know, and throw back things that he's done in the past because I want to leave the past in the past. It doesn't mean forgetting for us, um, but it does mean we don't we don't need to live there. It's mm-hmm. just like with Stories Unveiled, we're not camping in the mess. We don't yeah. want to stay there. We want to move past it. That's right. where freedom is. Right, that's right. Acknowledge this is what happened. Yeah. This is all the hurt that happened yeah. here. And let's find the way forward. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, I'd like to leave a, a link in the description where people can find your podcast and also um, maybe this is striking a chord for people who are like, dude, that's speaking to me and they want to find some of the help. We'll leave mm-hmm. a link in the description as well for that too. Awesome. Life itself is can be risky. Yeah. Right? So um, there's people that I know that are watching this right now that they are in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Like they're dealing with exactly what you dealt with 10 years ago, mm-hmm. or maybe they're dealing with what you, you know, 10 years later, they're, they're in it, they're discovering it's resurfacing, there's relapse, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what, would you, what would you say to, um, to a wife or a husband that like this is, they're in it right now and they're willing to work, work through it? Being willing to work through it that's a big deal. Mm. Um, If you're committed to working through it, though, I would say you have to put Jesus at the center of your marriage. You have to. Because, I mean, without without walking with the Lord, there's no way my husband and I would have ever, like, survived. We Mm. had literally everything against us. I brought a bunch of baggage to our marriage. Mm. He brought a bunch of baggage, an ex-wife, a child, a pornography addiction that I was unaware of. Mm. Um, I mean, we just had so many things. And then you layer that on with, I was raised in the church. Mm. I was raised a believer and I walked away at 18 when I graduated from high school and I went to college, I walked away from the Lord, which is when I met my husband. Mm. He has no faith background whatsoever. Doesn't know, didn't know Jesus. (laughs) Um, uh, The only time he went to church was when his ex-wife dragged him there because their marriage was falling apart. Mm. And he just sat in the church, I don't want to say unaffected, but he didn't know God. And he he knew God and religion as a punishment in, in that moment. Well, yeah. And so when I met him, I was not going to church. I was not walking um, any life of faith. There was so zero there was no fruit. flirt to convert. Uh, like yeah, that was... No, no, <laughs> none whatsoever. Not at all. But my parents were were very faithful and when they found out because i moved in with him we were doing we were playing house we were doing all the things that (laughs) we should not be doing and um, my parents were on their knees every day just praying Mm. and um Mm. so we got married we got pregnant first (laughs) then we got married Mm. um me not walking him not a believer and he ended up coming to know Jesus very early on through a series of conversations, and that's his story to tell. Um, But early on in our marriage, I would say six months into Mm -hmm. our marriage, he became a believer, got baptized, and kind of brought me back to the Lord. Wow, that's wild. It is wild, and it's amazing, and it's how we kind of built the foundation, obviously, of Mm -hmm. our family. You know, our daughter doesn't remember that because she was like six months old, Mm -hmm. Um, and then the children after her, you know, we've raised our kids in the church and all of that, but... Um, you know, we had so much against us, no Jesus in our marriage, addiction, so many things that that's the only thing that we 
really had to hang on to when our marriage was falling apart. And so that's the first thing that I would say is you've got to have you've got to have faith that God is bigger than your circumstance yeah. and that there is freedom on the other side, but you have to be committed and you have to be committed to each other and to God and to working through that. And um, I would also say counseling. <laughs> like yeah. therapies, I, I strongly believe in therapy. <laughs> That's great. For, for, for too long, therapy has been like poo-pooed mm-hmm. in, in so many so many uh, circles. Um, and the thing is like we, we humans, we need each other. Yeah. We need to share. Yeah. We need to share these stories um, for, for many reasons. One's to get it off our chest mm-hmm. and to also to have someone hear us and for us to realize we're not crazy. Yeah, totally. Uh, so. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly, <laughs> mostly that. Mostly that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's, so um, I, I also, you, you and your husband actually did a podcast together on your on your show. I'd like to leave the link to the description or the link to to that episode yeah. uh, in the in the description because um, it was really great and you guys were so uh, honest and authentic and you get to hear both your hearts and yeah. honesty in, in the journey through that. Um, great podcast. I totally recommend it. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so. I, I often, and this wasn't in here, so forgive me. That's okay. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. I'm good off the cuff. Okay. Hey, see what I did there? I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, so, so this is a question that, that um, I'd like to leave with you. Yeah. If you can, can see, let's say, your 17, 18-year-old mm. self, and they're on the other side of that, that camera, and they're at this life journey where they're like, maybe they're about to step away from their face. Mm. Maybe they're about to go about life in their own way. If there was one word of advice that you might say. To You're going to make me cry. <laughs> you haven't even finished the question. <laughs> um, what would you say to her? I would say, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be fun. <laughs> I'm not supposed to cry. We laugh first so that we can cry. That's that's the secret. <laughs> uh, I would say keep going. Um, it's so worth it. And um, life is hard for yeah. everybody. <laughs> Even those that have it easy, right? Mm-hmm. Easy. Sure. Um, life is hard. And so to just keep going because mm-hmm. it's so worth it. And all of the blessings and amazing things that you have on the other side of the hard will make you appreciate mm. um, everything that you've gone through. Yeah, oh, that's so good. I uh, I heard this. Maybe it's an urban legend that Mister <laughs> Mister Rogers carried this thing in his in his pocket that said it's really hard not to love someone once you've heard their story. A hundred percent. And I believe that. And it's. Everyone, like nobody has it all together. Mm -hmm. And everyone's going through something. Mm -hmm. We just don't know it because we also do a good job of just putting on a smile. Totally. Right, and putting on a face. So so here is to us being people that can be confident in our own authentic smile and our stories and being able to share them more, to unveil these stories that we carry within us so that we can bring healing to ourselves and to our hearers. So, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for being on this episode of Off the Cuff. And we'll leave 
all the things, the description, the link, so you can get more in touch with Ashley, her, her podcast, uh, Stories Unveiled, and, um, and take a look at some more of your episodes. Thanks. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Ooh.